Hello, dear listener. Welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Trahune. Before we get into our Goodfellas episode for this week, I need to tell you that I have a brand new comedy special out. It's called What on Flat Earth. You can get it right now on whatonflatearth.com. Also, I do a couple other weekly uh, podcasts. One's called They're Coming to Get You. It's all about horror movies, and it's co-hosted with my good buddy Gavin Eddings. You've heard Gavin on this show a bunch of times. Uh, just recently, we covered The Evil Dead and then the new Evil Dead Rise. We've also done uh, Scream 6, Scream 5, and Scream, and all the heavy hitter movies. Uh, they're over there on They're Coming to Get You. Also, another weekly podcast called The Cafeteria, where it's just uh, us girls. We sit around and chit-chat. It's me, Ryan E. Miller, and Johnny LaQuasto. That's out every Friday. And you can support me and The Field Trip and all the other stuff that I do at patreon.com slash brentcomedy. Right now over there, there's two brand new Confessions episodes, one featuring my good buddy Drew Morgan from the Well-Read Comedy Tour. Also, the Goodfellas follow-up episode all about Henry Hill. There's one called The Most Famous Curses. And uh, one of my new favorite episodes I've done here on the show called Comedy Obsessions with Stuart Huff. He's got a really high comedy IQ, as I like to call it. He knows a lot about stand-up, and he tells me a bunch of stories about him on the road, but also stuff like the Marx Brothers. I don't know a lot about the Marx Brothers, but he's kind of, I don't know, an expert on them. So it's just a a lot of comedy talk that I enjoy. Uh, Also coming up, uh, it's not on the Patreon yet. I'm going to record him this week, an episode all about Bigfoot. And then another episode called The Stories Behind the Songs. And I'll let you to uh, figure out what that episode is about. Also, if uh, what on flat earth is not enough stand-up for you, I just put some uh, new stand-up clips uh, on Patreon. One's a 14-minute story, and I'm trying to perfect it and get it just right. But I uh, I recorded a version just this past week, and I put it up there. And another is a three-and-a-half-minute clip. Uh, some stuff that I'm working. It's all stuff that I'm working on that hopefully will be on my next special. So you can get all that stuff at patreon.com slash Brent Comedy. Also, you know, if you don't want to do any of that stuff, that's cool. But if you could do me a favor and go rate the field trip on wherever you listen, give me a good positive review. That would be great. But let's try not to get whacked as we talk about Goodfellas. It's the field trip podcast with Brent. Welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Trahune, and as far back as I could remember, I always wanted to record a podcast about Goodfellas with my associate, my esteemed associate, Isaac Lanford. Isaac, thanks for being back on the show, man. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. We uh, we talk whenever we talk. Uh, we do a podcast, but usually an hour on either side of us actually doing a podcast. We talk about comedy. That's a topic. And we talk about uh, mafia stuff for some yep. reason. Yeah. So we've been trying to find a, a, an angle to talk about mafia stuff. And I said, why don't we start with Goodfellas? It's a movie that probably most people have seen. It's uh, it's so you don't have to. We're not going to do watch along because neither one of us have two and a half hours to devote yeah. to, to to. Yeah, we watched it separately. And I do want to say uh, you watched it on a, a DVD. But tell me about this DVD. Yeah, so you had mentioned Goodfellas and you were like, if it's not on any of the platforms, I've got this other thing that I can give you my password to watch it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I think I've got that movie. And so I looked at like the services I pay for and it wasn't on any of them, which somebody needs to really pick it up. I think it's on HBO. Do you have HBO? No, it's not on HBO. I could have gave you my password. That was your loophole to get in to just watch all my shows. Well, I, I have HBO. I'm I'm doing pretty well nowadays. Oh well, look at you. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Peacock has Casino, but they don't mm-hmm. have Goodfellas. So I was like, oh shit, I've got that on DVD. And it turns out I've got it on a DVD that's like must be first generation. It was a, one of those double sided, flip it in the middle <laughs> DVDs, yeah. and it looked like complete garbage. Like it was terrible. It was the widescreen, but it wasn't 
didn't fill my screen. It was yeah. four by three in the center of the screen, <laughs> but then widescreen within the four by three. That's, so it was like half the size of my television. Is it like how uh, Instagram is? I don't know their dimensions four three, but then also wide, like it's wider than Instagram or something like that. Yeah, it was it was like a uh, when I try to watch UFC fights that just happened and they change the aspect ratio so that it's like not copyright infringement yeah, and that slightly uh, <laughs> they're chip monkey when they change the audio. So. Yeah. I'll whip your ass. It's like uh, everything's out of frame. It's like there's no point in even watching it. Yeah, I, I do remember. I think I rented uh, Goodfellas from Family Video, which I don't know if everybody knows what Family Video is, but. Uh, they're all over at least the Midwest, part of the South, and now they're currently Dollar Generals. Mm. You could always spot a, a Dollar General that used to be a family video, but it was the, that disc where it was one side, and I started it, and this movie starts out, I think, right, in the, when they're in the car, and yeah. they hear the noise, and I was like, did, did I start on the wrong side of the DVD? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that makes sense. How I uh, I had to watch uh, Gone with the Wind for a, a a a class called Civil War in film, and that's a two DVD thing. And I accidentally watched the second half first, and I was like, <laughs> they just really jump in with this Civil War. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I watched the the first two hours last. But oh, that's uh, funny. We're talking about Goodfellas, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, I've always said Scorsese, but uh, yeah. he says yep. Scorsese, uh, so I'm going to call him Marty. Uh, Marty, <laughs> September 19th, 1990, written by uh, uh, Marty and uh, Nicholas Pileggi, who wrote the book Wise Guy that this movie is based off of. Uh, and that book came out in 1985. Have you read that book? Because you're like a you have a high comedy IQ. You have a big comedy library, but also a, a mafia library as well. Yeah, I've never read that book. And to be honest, I kind of forgot that that movie was adapted from a book until mm -hmm. rewatching it because I was thinking that like I didn't do any research for this episode. I figure you would yeah. look some stuff up and tell me because I I don't know very much about the characters from this movie. Mm -hmm. And I, it struck me as kind of weird. And then I realized it, it's probably because they weren't that notable of underworld figures but this book must have been really good and compelling and mm -hmm. made a good story and made a good movie. Well, from what I uh, read, I think, uh, and I have a bunch of facts and, and stuff that we can dive into. And uh, I'll, I'll also let you know, dear listener, we're not going to be able to get to all of it. It's just, if we wanted to do three hour podcasts, we could, but uh, some of the, the stuff, I think the book was about here. It says 95% accurate. Uh, perhaps some of the, the remaining 5% had to do with the on-screen portrayals of uh, Paul Vario, who was Paul, um, the boss in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he, I mean, he was like a capo, right? So Yeah, and then Jimmy uh, Jimmy Burke. So mm -hmm. uh, Vario, played by Paul, or Paul Sirico in the film, uh, was uh, relatively cool-headed in the movie. But a federal prosecutor called Vario, who served jail time for rape and notoriously unhinged temper, quote, one of the most violent and dangerous career criminals in New York. And uh, Robert De Niro's character, Jimmy Conway, uh, was actually uh, Jimmy the Gent Burke. Uh, according to Henry Hill, who was, uh, what's-his-face's character? Leota. Le Le Ray Leota, quote, a homicidal maniac. Brutally violent and responsible for at least 50 to 60 murders. That's a lot of murders. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have known that. I, I'm like, I guess I'm like a, a elitist where it's like they weren't made men. So I'm like, ugh, they must not be any I know. good. If That's they're not the, the WWE, then how can they be good <laughs> at wrestling? That's just like this. So the, the, you know, if you said top three mafia movies, this is going to be in the top three for sure. Oh, yeah. Most people would say that. And this movie is really about a crew uh, yeah. as opposed to like with Godfather. It's it's more. And I have somewhere and when we actually get to it, I'll read it. But that was like uh, the the Godfather's more, I don't know, poetic and more. It's a classier film is what I would call it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think the big difference, like I prefer Goodfellas over mm -hmm. the Godfather. Goodfellas uh, is a put on a movie 
and have it on whenever. But Godfather's like, oh, you watch the movie. Yeah, it's a cinematic piece mm-hmm. where Goodfellas is a stylized telling of a story. Yeah. So the Godfather has the liberty to make some really interesting events take place because they're not beholden to reality in any kind of way. Yeah. But uh, so the, the top three, you know, uh, mafia movies and with, with Goodfellas, it's 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 about the crew, but it, like they're the guy is getting made in the movie and then he ends up just getting shot. So nobody's really like the guy the way the Sopranos no. is about Tony Soprano, the guy, you know? Yeah, no, it's very much about like living fast and big, but then mm-hmm. like burning out. Well, yeah, and that's one of the things that Marty says uh, is like he shot the mo- the movie's almost a trailer. It's a two and a half hour trailer where it's <laughs> it's to show the fast pace. And at the beginning of the movie, because I was watching it uh, just before we turn our mics on with producer wife, and she was like, "How old is uh is uh what's his face uh, Ray Liotta in the movie?" And I it it says she's twenty one. Like oh. this kid is making. Uh, at least you know five grand a week you can't yeah. give a 20, you can't give 21 year old brent terhune five grand a week that's no. not most people you get adults i'd lose yeah. my mind that's wild yeah that's so much it is like do you have a have, did you look at photos of the real henry hill yeah there and the, i maybe we have a part two of this because there's a whole there's like a it's a 50 minute documentary about henry hill that's oh. on YouTube. Maybe we could watch that and come back if you're interested. Yeah, he looks like a goblin. Like that dude does not look like really. He looks like you know the movie Labyrinth, the, yeah. the guy Hoggle that helps her around. <laughs> That's what Henry Hill looks like. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's they did a favor with casting Ray Liotta <laughs> as 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 him. You know, um, we got some filming and writing according to Joe Pesci. A lot of it was ad lib. They would rehearse it and and uh, Marty would say, hey, uh, you know, do whatever you want. And then he would take the stuff that he liked and add it into the script and they would reshoot it. So the best the best example is the probably the one of the most infamous or famous scenes in movies ever is funny. How funny like a clown. Yeah, that was improvised. And that happened to Pesci. He was a waiter and he complimented a mobster saying you're funny. And, and I wouldn't you know it? The mobster didn't care for that compliment and a misinterpretation. Uh, So they improvise it. They didn't tell anybody else in the scene what they were doing. It was just the, uh, the director and, and uh, the two, you know, uh, Pesci and Ray Liotta. But if you watch the the scene, you could see the others kind of how, how's this going to play out? But they were the only three people in that scene that knew what was going on. So let you want to talk about that scene, at least the funny how. Yeah. The main thing about that scene is it, the scene feels weird in the movie. Like it it, is kind of like out of place a little bit, but there's quite a few things in the movie that are kind of out of place. Mm -hmm. But Ray Liotta in that scene, when he's laughing, Mm -hmm. looks like a crazy person. Like he looks now it's a me, you know, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like it is intense. (laughs) And he, there's a couple times in the movie, maybe three times that I could remember two at least where he does this weird thing where he has his arms kind of like crossed over him yeah. like he's a sleeping vampire he laughs yeah. with the arms and then the other thing when he's like why did you do that karen that was all we had he does that he it must be like a ray Liotta thing where he crosses his arms over his chest yeah yeah but, that's interesting I, I wouldn't i didn't even catch it but now that you're saying it, i can like those two scenes for sure yeah and i don't know i don't know that it means anything we all have our ticks yeah uh and he actually would listen to Nicholas Pelleggi's interviews with Henry Hill on the way to film every day in the car to get oh. the feel of how Henry Hill would act. Interesting. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I mean, it, the movie, the acting in the movie is great and it's got like the most Robert De Niro performance of Robert De Niro's career. It, Cause he doesn't really like he's there, but he's, he's like maybe, at least he's top build, but like three or four, I would yeah. put uh, Karen above him in like yeah. acting like 
he's a she, great actor. She has a voiceover. Like she does like yeah. <laughs> narration for the movie. It's so funny because I bet if you like put the, the script into like the word count and broke down the character dialogue, De Niro's mm-hmm. probably like probably speaks less than Polly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Polly don't talk to six people all day. Uh, he didn't move fast because he didn't have to. But uh, a little bit like just that. You have fit him a little like, bit. A little bit. A little bit. OK. OK. It's uh, like uh, one of my other favorite movies is Jackie Brown. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and he's in the movie, uh, mm-hmm. Robert De Niro. And that is even a less or more subtle performance <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he doesn't really. He's just like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. Like he doesn't say much. He plays a stoner. And I will uh, put the sex scene in Jackie Brown up with any sex scene in the world. Do you know what no. scene I'm talking about? Uh no it's him and bridget fonda oh yeah yeah are they in the apartment yeah they in the apartment and they're looking at a picture on the wall and she just goes you want to fuck and he goes yeah yeah okay yeah and then cut to like she's bent over the sink and they're Mm -hmm. doing it dog fashioned uh (laughs) and it's like it says like a minute and a half later and it just Uh the the end and then uh, he he pulls his pants up and he goes that really hit the spot (laughs) Like it's a sandwich. That's what you say about a sandwich. <laughs> I do love that movie though. I always yeah. felt like it was an underrated of the Tarantino movies. Yeah, it's a it's a heist movie, and uh, man, uh, Samuel Jackson is my favorite in that movie. Yeah, I should watch uh, that again. That'd we should. We're okay. Scrap that. We're doing the Jackie Brown podcast. <laughs> Pause. Let's go watch it and uh, come back. But that funny house scene. It's like I I don't I don't. I have to check and see if it's in the archives. The most quote quotable movies or quoted movies, I think was an early episode or one that I recorded and didn't release mm. either way. We all know uh, you talking to me, you yeah, talking yeah. to me. That's, you know, that's one uh, famous I'm, quote from back to the future three. Yes. Yeah. You talking <laughs> to me. Are you yellow? Um, but like funny how is just, we've all even when i was a kid i would say that and i didn't know what it was and you find out i think about later the show animaniacs had the little short called good feathers yeah where when you look back you're like this is just good fellas but with pigeons for children yeah like and it was they're acting the one bird that sounded just like ray liotta (laughs) doing the monologues yeah it's like if I don't know what would be the modern day equivalent. Uh, what's the the most popular thing now? Uh, nothing's really popular. It'd be like if Game of Thrones, you had know, a, had a yeah. children's cartoon, and you look back and you're like, they were really uh, brother and sister having sex with each other, and we didn't yeah. notice as kids or whatever, you know. Well, in the eighties, there was a Rambo cartoon, <laughs> and there was a RoboCop cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, let's so take if, this veteran with PTSD that goes rogue <laughs> and sell it to kids. Yeah. So, I mean, it's happened before. But, yeah, just the idea that that the good feathers, just every little short, same scenario, they're in something and then they get into a big fight. It's almost like Italian Three Stooges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where uh, it's, yeah, they're, they're Italians and then they end up, you know, if somebody just got hit with a pie in the face, you'd be like, this is the Three Stooges. Um, according to Pelleggi, uh, score, uh, score Marty says, uh, he called cold called the writer and he said, I've been waiting for this book my entire life to which uh, Pelleggi replied, I've been waiting for this phone call my entire life. And this is that, that dynamic of writer director doing this movie the same way, like Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola wrote the Godfather and something interesting. I thought about that movie is like, after those movies were written, Mario Puzo wanted to learn how to write, do screenwriting, bought a book, and the first chapter is like the perfect screen, uh, a screen uh, thing was is, was like Godfather, Godfather two, and he's like, I guess I'm done. If, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Do you think during those phone calls they're like, I've been waiting too? Then Henry Hill was like, Hey guys, I'm also here. That's I'm my story. To, I'm ready to make some money. <laughs> Um, I, I do love the move, the names in this. I love a mafia name. Do you have a favorite mafia name? Oh, like the nicknames. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of the, of the real ones that I've heard. 
because I always thought that Joe Adonis was a good one. Yeah, Joe Adonis. Uh, there's here's okay, Tommy D. Simone, who is the they changed the name. It's it's Danny. Uh, uh, what's his face character? I'm messing up my names on the show. Uh, Tommy Two Gun Simone. We've got Jimmy the Gent Burke. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul Vero became Paul Cicero in the movie. Um, and then also, I thought it was great. So the guy that gets frozen in the movie. Oh, yeah, like, that guy that the Simpsons, like, just use his likeness as the yeah. one of their gangsters. Yeah, and he he had a uh, a lawsuit with the Simpsons. Frank uh, Severo, in 2014, he uh, he sued the Simpsons for $250 million over the the character of Louie. So if, if you're sitting on a computer, obviously you're listening to this, pull up, just type in Simpsons Louie. It looks pretty similar. Yeah. But it's also, who, who cares? Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Be happy that you have a Simpsons character. Yeah. Because other know? than that, the only other time I can remember seeing him is in, I think it's the wedding singer. Yeah. It's <laughs> come on, man. It, it, maybe that's the reason why he's like, I gotta make some cash. 250 yeah, I'm sure. million. I'm uh, sure. obviously Fox Fox won, the Simpsons won, but it, it made me do a, a deep dive into the, the Simpsons mafia names. My oh, favorite yeah. is uh Johnny Tight Lips. Yeah, because there are scenes of like uh, they'll be like Johnny Tight Lips, how's your mother? And he'd be like, who said I had a mother? <laughs> uh, I think it's the episode where Homer's becoming Krusty the Clown or whatever. But yeah. like the, the, the fat Tony, they're like, what's a truck truck? What's a truck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the other Johnny Tight Lips is he gets shot and they're like, uh, Johnny Tight Lips, how you doing? He's like, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> That no, that they just want to know how you doing. Tell them to go suck a lemon. <laughs> so we've got Johnny Tight Lips, Fat Tony, and then uh, I don't remember this one, but I guess that was a name is Fit Fat Tony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Johnny Loose Lips. That's a. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's Johnny Loose Lips. Don't tell him nothing. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy the Snitch, Frankie the Squealer, <laughs> Legs, and then my favorite. Is Cavs Legman? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I do. I think my favorite real nickname is Quack Quack. And who's that? Um, shit. I would have to look him up. That uh, sounds like a comedian, Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. Yeah, I yeah. believe they called him Quack Quack because he talks so much. Okay. Yeah that that's not. It's never good when your nickname is based on how much you talk. Yeah, you know? it really isn't. No, not in this uh, profession. It really is not. No. Um, Angelo Ruggio. Quack, okay. quack. Quack, quack. He was a Gambino uh, family member. And that's how, like, we, we wanted to do just a generic mafia episode, but it's such a, it's like the reason I haven't done a Sopranos episode of this podcast yet, because it's just so big. You could talk, yes. that's just a whole, you could just do a podcast series about it. Yeah. So, which big pussy, big pussy, not only just a great puss. Yeah. yeah. I can't find pussy anywhere. <laughs> but then like the kids calling him uncle puss. Uncle like... <laughs> yeah. I do a, a radio show in, uh, in, uh, Omaha and the producer on there is they call him uh big puss. <laughs> like that's uh, his name on the air is big puss. I love it. I, I have, I, I might've on the show before shared it. So you tell me about, my dad has a friend that goes by Blob. No, no. My entire life, I've known this guy Blob. They've mm -hmm. been friends since they were children. And he's Blob because when he was a child, his real name is Terry. Mm -hmm. And he thought Terry was a girl's name. But since he was real fat, yeah. he preferred if people just called him Blob. <laughs> so I've called him Blob yeah. my entire life as an adult. If I go see yeah. this 65 year old man hanging out at my dad's house, I still now, call him blob. Now is blob still very much blob. No, he's skinny. He's not skinny. He's just a normal yeah. guy. I, yeah, I like, yeah. Call me uh rotund, not Terry. <laughs> like ask, ask Hulk Hogan. If Terry is a woman's name and yeah, he'll, well. he'll call you a racial slur about it. <laughs> Uh, At least he and, went with Hulk, the more flattering comic book character to name yeah. yourself after. Uh, this is a, a side note. And some people that I went to high school with, like probably four or five, called me Jerry. Because mm. when we played football, we, we were all kids from different schools. 
uh, we didn't have names on jerseys yet in practice. So we had taped on our head. Our head was tape. And then our last name, Terhune. Uh-huh. People didn't know my real name. And the, this kid, Sam, goes, you look like a Jerry. So to the, they're like, <laughs> Jerry. Uh, uh, yeah. So to this day, I'm still a Jerry, like a like a blob. I'll be 65 years old. They're like, there's Jerry. <laughs> we had some people almost play uh, some of these characters. Oh, so, I'm interested in this. Now, you would think a movie like this where there's one guy we're kind of missing with a mob story with uh, Scorsese type stuff is Al Pacino. Yeah. He said no to playing Jimmy Conway. That's uh, is uh, what's his face his character. I am just De Niro. I need to have a list. And I did. I need eight (laughs) screens because I can't keep all these names. Uh, De Niro, Jimmy Conway. He, he wanted to be uh, avoid being typecast as a gangster uh, after the Godfather. And I don't, I don't know when Scarface came out before this is movies, 1990. I, I assume I don't remember uh, either way after you play Michael Corleone and then Tony Montana. Yeah. How are you not, you know, yeah. Uh, he turned down God or he turned down Goodfellas didn't want to be typecast as a gangster. And then he played, uh, he played a uh, big boy. Um, I don't know if it's Capriche or Caprice and Dick Tracy. So he played a cartoon oh. gangster, like a comic strip gangster. Yeah. And also uh, for the role of Karen Hill was Madonna. And then she went on to be in Dick Tracy. So it's very odd that Dick Tracy and Goodfellas were really drawn from the same pool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and one of my favorite (laughs) things, I always see a new person in this movie uh, of the people that were in The Sopranos that Mm -hmm. were in Goodfellas. Because I I saw Goodfellas after I watched The Sopranos the first time. And I was like, that's the guy from the. And then you there's like 27 actors that were in this movie that were in The Sopranos. Yeah, like every Italian American actor. Yeah, I know like Big Pussy. I I caught him and that the tracking shot in the Copacabana putting the coats away. Yeah, obviously, Michael Imperioli (laughs) was spider. Mm hmm. Polly Walnuts is in there. Yeah, Uh, there's uh, the the guy that they bust out the restaurant. <clears throat> when he's like, uh, yeah, you just owe seven grand. He's in there. Patsy, oh, okay. Patsy, uh, Parisi. No, uh, I look Larry boy is his name on, on, uh, the Sopranos. Yeah. Well, and all these names, Isaac. Karen, Karen, obviously as well. Yeah. Lorraine, Lorraine Bracco. Bracco. Yeah. Yeah. Playing Dr. Melfi. She was actually up for the role of, uh, Carmela on the Sopranos. And she said, and this is like, according to the, the Sopranos talking Sopranos podcast with Michael Imperioli and uh, however you say his name. I always, I always can't say his name. And then uh, Bobby. Bob, yeah. Bobby. Yeah. yeah. She, she was a guest on it. And she said, I was, they wanted me to play Carmela. And I said, I already did that. I already did. She, she was doing yeah. Al Pacino. She didn't yep. want to do it again. So she, she played Dr. Melfi. Um, also, John Malkovich uh, was considered to play uh, Jimmy Conway, uh, Sean oh. Penn, Alec Baldwin, Val Kilmer, and Tom Cruise were up for the role of Henry Hill. Man, <laughs> that would have been interesting at that time to see Tom Cruise play that role. And I think that's af- that was after that pool movie um, that score says he I just watched it. Uh, Color of Money. Oh, OK. Yeah. Where I watched it. Cause I, I was trying to like broaden my horizons of, of his movies. Cause the, the method actors episode that's available in the archives, I hadn't seen raging bull, yeah but we talked about it. And then I had, I've since watched it and I was trying to watch some more Scorsese stuff. And uh, I watched color of money. It's fine. I don't care about pool. No, <laughs> like I, I honestly would not have even remembered that movie existed. I've seen mean streets. Mm-hmm. I've seen Raging Bull and Goodfellas and Casino and then yeah. stuff later on, but I didn't even, yeah, I don't know about that movie. Uh, we got the, that big, we, we just talked about it, the tracking shot in the Copacabana. They uh, they couldn't go through the front door, I guess, get permission some way. So they uh, they went the the long way, forced them to go through the back. Uh, they decided to film a se- uh, in one sequence, uh, unbroken, in order to symbolize that uh, Henry's entire life was ahead of him commenting it's his uh, seduction of karen it's also the lifestyle seducing him and we get a, a famous appearance from henny youngman yeah as himself yeah do and if people probably know but henny youngman is the when you hear the quintessential take my wife please that's yeah. him 
Like that's a joke that he does or did, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was those jokes or it's like, uh, it's literally set up punch rim shot, like that old mm-hmm. cat skills type shit. Yeah. Cause that's interesting. Cause like the movie takes place when like the, in the early seventies, is that I when think the, so? Yeah. And so it's like, he was, he would have been there at that time on stage doing mm-hmm. the jokes. And that's pretty cool that he just have him come back and play himself. I think in the, in the, in the Irishman, there's a comedian as played by Jim Norton. Mm. It's gotta be, that. you hear those old, those, those comics with a lot of road stories where it's like, yeah, we would, you, you got, you can't say nothing about Johnny tight lips because he'll, yeah. it's like, <laughs> can you imagine like today? I want to see that Instagram clip of everybody. Every comic puts up crowd work clips now. And he mm-hmm. just talks to the wrong guy who's in the mafia. Yeah. And I'm not for a comic being assaulted, but it would be funny if he's like, what'd you say? Like if he just ran into, you know, the real boss from this movie or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think like any coward or bully comics are generally pretty good about who it is. They really go at in the yeah. crowd. Yeah. It's always a drunk woman heckling, not a guy who's going to, that might stand up and punch you. <laughs> Uh, although two weeks ago I did a show and this guy was heckling, but not even his chair was facing away from the stage. <laughs> it's like, God damn, you are the least committed heckler. Oh, that's funny. You're, you're audio only. You don't want to comment on my appearance or anything. <laughs> you uh, you have a joke about doing like a waste management uh, show, right? Uh, I think I did. It was about. Didn't was you it- do like a garbage collector's like. <laughs> Oh yeah, I did. It was, uh, I did a, it was a show that I did for people in the garbage industry on like a, not a yacht. It was like a step down from a yacht. It was a trash island. It was, yeah. <laughs> and it was like literally no microphone, no nothing. It was not good at all, but it was like, I, I'm on a, a, a boat in the middle of this river with people that everybody knows everybody and they don't know me. Yeah. But it, I didn't I never really did get the vibe that it was a mafia thing, but it was like that quintessential. I'm in construction. Yeah. I'm in the a garbage industry, you know? Yeah. I imagine that you're on the ferry that has all the garbage that they're taking out. The <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that's where the show is uh, taking place. <laughs> we talked uh, earlier uh, before turning the mics on. You mentioned that that Joe Pesci scene where he's he's shooting. Uh, it's very yeah. like reminiscent of like uh, a guy shooting Batman's parents in the alley. Yeah, like the, it's not quite the very last scene, or is it the last scene of the movie? Uh, it's one of the last scenes where Henry is now in witness protection, goes out to get the paper, and then it cuts to Joe Pesci shooting. And that uh, is an homage to the movie The Great Train Robbery. Uh, Scorsese says it hasn't changed 90 years later. It's the same story. The gunshots will always be there. He's always going to be looking uh, behind his back. He's got to have eyes behind him because they're not going to uh, they're going to get him someday. So it's that, that thing of like, yeah, you you're a snitch and you're a rat. And now you're, quote, it protected. Yeah, but you never know. And there's, that's a whole Sopranos episode is this guy goes into the program. It's called college. And mm-hmm. then now he's found by Tony, that kind of thing. It's it's always looming and it's never these mob things. It's never a good ending it's always jail or uh death is what it is yeah i mean meyer lansky died of like stump or like heart failure or whatever as an old man but like it's very rare yeah for somebody to still be on the streets and die of natural causes isn't that the guy that invented point shaving meyer lansky? Uh, maybe yeah he did okay. he was the accountant for sure okay now isn't though like that ending being an homage to another gangster film. Isn't that really the ending of the Sopranos as well? Where it's, uh, yeah, we could talk about that ending of it's, it wasn't really clear. There's no definitive ending. And uh, which is, I, yeah. is just that like, you know, life. Yeah. Well, what did happen? Who knows? It could have been, it could have been the gunman. That's what he has to think about all the time mm-hmm. is when that bell rings, that could be the gunman. Yeah, and I think and it, that is a fine ending. Yeah, I thought it was terrific, and I saw it after the fact. I'm, I'm sure if I w- if I waited six or seven years and watched it religiously, I might have been upset about it. But I saw it after the fact. 
But yeah. we have we do have from David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos. He said, "Goodfellas in- inspired uh, The Sopranos." I found that movie very funny. Which, man, it is really fun. It's Sopranos yeah. is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's it's like uh, when when uh, Joe Pesci shoots Spider in the foot, and he's already shot yeah. him, and he's like. You don't want to make me mad, Spider. You know what? It's like <laughs> you just shot him. <laughs> uh, I found that movie very funny and brutal. It felt very real, and yet was the first mob movie that uh, Scorsese ever dealt with a mob crew, as opposed to say, here it is, this Godfather stuff. The God Godfather, which there's something operatic about it, classical, even the clothing and cars. You know, I mean, uh, I always think about Goodfellas when they go to their mother's house that night and they're they're eating. Yeah, uh, when she brings out the painting, that stuff is great. The Sopranos learned a lot from that. Where it's like there are there are big moments of you talking to me, and when somebody gets uh, whacked, but th- th- these gangsters are also just real people. So to see them being and yeah, we we're eating at my mom's house, and she showed us her painting. You know, real events. It's always interesting when you hear the stories from the perspective of like the children of the gangsters, especially Mm -hmm. the daughters, since they're like kept out of it. Yeah. And just how so many of them are naive to Mm -hmm. everything. I had no idea. Yeah. And they're just like, he was just such a good dad. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of them do also like specifically like the Italian like guys, like they do the family stuff. It's like, I can't go kill that guy. Cause my kids got a soccer game. Yeah. Yeah. But right after the soccer game, I'll go get it taken care of. It is that, that Sopranos episode college where Tony is taking his daughter to visit colleges. And then he sees the rat. It's that duality of let me, I got two families and one just happened to go and go to college right now. I got to go visit do a college visit, you know? And I don't understand witness protection. Because uh, the perfect example is Sammy the Bull Gravano. Mm-hmm. He's on, who has a podcast. Yeah, I to? he has a, and he like, he's not. I don't think he's in witness protection at all anymore because he fucked up. But yeah, like so, it's just it's off. Like he doesn't need to be killed anymore. There's like whatever. Let yeah. Sammy do his dumbass podcast and tell story. Like literally, it's him just telling mafia stories and shit. Like. Yeah, the last, and I guess times have changed. Maybe and some people are dead, and and it's I, I don't know. Unless you're trying to like, I'm I'm sure if he was like outing who murdered who, that would be a problem, you know? Yeah, but I mean, he did rat on a ton of people. Like I just read a book about a uh, gas pipe. What's his name? Anthony Gas Pipe. Uh, I can't think of his name, mm-hmm. but he. He says, which I mean, they're all fucking liars. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. But he says that he was giving Casso. Yeah. Yep. He was given testimonies to the feds and then they would take what he said and have Sammy the bull go say it on stand. And then so since he never went and spoke at a trial, Mm -hmm. his plea deal was considered null. So he's okay. like, they they scammed me. They juiced me for information because he was telling them stuff about Sammy the Bull that mm-hmm. Sammy did not disclose and they didn't want their star witness to be tarnished. Yeah. So they didn't want gas pipe on the stand. So they started just using his words and having Sammy give the testimonies. It's the scammer got scammed. I can't believe Absolutely. it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's hard not, to feel bad for him. It's not not true but it's just not from the source. Yeah. It's like, and they feel like very offended when the government doesn't play by the rules. It Again, it's, it's that scene when Henry gets popped for his first time, he comes out of court and Jimmy's like, never rat on your friends. Yeah. And never betray your friends. And then Jimmy's the one who's killing the most people in the movie. They're, the, yeah. the, when you watch enough mafia stuff, you learn that they're all hypocrites. They're all out for number one. And yeah. it's only convenient when when it's them getting whacked, you know? Yeah, it's it's like the drug thing. It's like from the very beginning, everyone's selling drugs. Mm-hmm. But the rule is you don't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's just to not incriminate others. And like, because the sentences are so high that it encourages people to rat. Yeah. To snitch. I can't do 20. I, I, 
snitch you out in a heartbeat, Isaac. I just want you to know that. 20 years. They, yeah. You know, I'm sure if, if it warranted 20 year sentence, then I probably deserve it. <laughs> You're like, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking about getting out of the can and stuff. Uh, the Billy bats killing happened almost exactly the way it was portrayed in the film. Although the events actually took place over two nights. So I'm assuming it was, uh, he said, get your shine box on Tuesday. And then Joe Pesci came back on Wednesday. Cause when I first read that, I'm like, did they have a trunk, a body in the trunk for two days? That seems like a long time to just have a dead body that wasn't actually dead, but, uh, the, the, were, they were convinced in the film and the Lufthansa heist was also a real jewel robbery yeah. uh, worth nearly $6 million from the JFK airport. Yeah. That's wild. The, uh, the bats murder. I, that is just such a great scene. I love the way, because like, when the argument happens, like Jimmy and Henry are like, Oh no, that we got to defuse this. Mm -hmm. But then when he walks in and it's obvious, he's going to do something they're They're right on board. Yeah. Uh, De Niro grabs a Billy Bass yeah. by the back so he can get stabbed. It's, it's like they, they say a lot without actually saying anything, but yeah. it's like, it's, it's very much when you do improv they're they're, it's mafia improv. It's yeah. not yes. And it's stab. And, you know, yeah. there's also that great scene where. Uh, Jimmy is wanting to kill the, the guy Maury. with the Maury yeah. and Henry's like, so I got to hang out all night. Like I'm part of the plan while trying to convince Jimmy that it doesn't need to happen. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those where, I'll go with it, but also maybe if I can talk him out of it. And it's that's a, always a confusing scene because he says, no, forget about it. It's off. And then like two scenes later, they stab him in the back with an ice pick. Is that what that was? Yeah. Yeah. He gets it with an ice pick. And that's weird because at first I took it as like he was going to let him go. But then the guy keeps running his mouth. OK, but then it seems so orchestrated the way it happened. It's like maybe he didn't want Henry in on it or something. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's supposed to be where he's like starting to turn on Henry a little bit, like mm -hmm. trying to like distance a little bit. Yeah. And there's two kinds of paranoia in this movie. I'm sure there's more, but there's the cocaine fueled seeing helicopters uh -huh. uh, of Henry, but then of, of Jimmy just whacking everybody. Maybe that's more out of greed, but so nobody runs their mouth. And yeah. that it's from what we see, I think in the movie, He's only on alcohol. It's because they're like, you're going to, those drugs are going to turn your brain into mush. Yeah. It's still both parent. They're both paranoid. Yeah. I think with him. Yeah. It's just greed. And then like thinking that's too many people involved and yeah, mm -hmm. got, got to slim it down. Do you, it's kind of left unknown, right? When like whether or not Jimmy was trying to kill uh, Henry's wife. Yeah, where where he, he's like, the, it's like, so alley, right he's there. like, oh, yep, yeah, yep. Keep going. Just, <laughs> keep going. Yeah, just right. <laughs> I'm not going to walk down there with you. But uh, it is, and that that's, I guess, another paranoia. She's like, I don't know if if I'm going to get whacked either. There's the the Johnny uh, roast beef, I think is mm -hmm. his name with the pink Cadillac. Yeah. Him and because we're watching it, me and producer wife. And she's like, why did I thought they weren't allowed to touch wives? I was like, I guess they did. Like there are rules that they constantly break. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. They constantly break the rules. Uh, Maury's wigs, that that was the commercial. Yeah. That was the only thing that Scorsese didn't shoot. He uh, It was uh, shot by a guy named Stephen R. Uh, Paca, who created his own ultra-low-budget ads for his replacement window company. So he, he asked him to write the Maury's wigs thing because he's like, I kind of want it to look that shitty. Oh, that's great. And I love where he's like, uh, the wigs, they withstand hurricane winds cut to De Niro <laughs> choking him out and his fucking wigs coming off. It's like yeah. it, it, it'll withstand uh, hurricane winds, but not uh, uh, Jimmy, apparently. Uh, that's fine. Now you think that guy should get a, a director credit on this movie. I thought, yeah, I think he should get a co-directing <laughs> credit. <laughs> uh, so I think uh, Joe Pesci, I believe it was, he won the, the, best uh uh supporting actor i think whatever yeah. whatever it was but 
uh, he plays he plays a guy uh, Tommy Adisamone and Pesci played Dom, uh, Tommy DeVito. There were some major differences between the two, uh, as in uh, the real guy who s- stood uh, six feet two inches, two twenty five oh, wow. in this corner. Uh, hardly uh, would have uh, put up with it. He didn't have the Napoleon complex, but I think he was still a rabid dog, very much like Pesci, uh, who stands uh, five foot four, who I believe is taller than Danny DeVito. You know yeah. how how short you got to be to be shorter than a short guy? Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. Pesci was uh, in his late 40s when he took the role, and uh, DeSimone was 28 uh, in the movie or at the time, you know. Also, uh, interesting thing is he 1990, big, big year for Joe Pesci, Goodfellas and Home Alone. <laughs> you know, that's interesting because I was about to ask if Joe Pesci was already bald because there's some scenes in that movie where his hair looks weird. It's very the, the who did his hair and Goodfellas was the same guy that did his hair and JFK. <laughs> <laughs> I like that this Scorsese Joe Pesci relationship is him just playing variations of the same guy over yeah. and over. Because Nick and, and Casino is very it's a rabid dog, you know? Yeah, and in Raging Bull, he has the scene where he like is grabbing his uh, sister-in-law out of the club and then mm-hmm. he smashes the guy in the face with the glass. And it's like all these guys try to kick his ass, and he just keeps going back. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and it's it, like in that movie, it's funny because he's so small, but it's like it shows that he just like goes wild or whatever. Yeah. And then plays just another version in Goodfellas. And then by Casino, it's like, well, now he's playing a real person who that mm-hmm. was, who that person was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but they didn't like in home alone. I mean, he's not a mafia guy, but it's like, just replace frigger fragging, frigger fragging yeah. with fuck you, you motherfucker. Like, yeah. Like it's, it's very much almost the same character, but and then my cousin Vinny, and it because yeah. it's weird that a guy of his stature made such a career out of being a tough guy, a tough guy. Also, uh, a co-star is, you know, he didn't have the Herman Munster lifts, but Fred Gwynn, like yeah. a tall guy in his own right. But um, yeah, it, and it's still like, I think Joe Pesci's just a great actor, but he, he all, almost plays the same role. in a lot of a lot of the movies that the roles that we're talking about, you know? Yeah, for sure. A uh, lot of lot of fuck bombs and Goodfellas. Uh, and at the time of this article's writing, it was the 16th most uh, f words in a movie, and it's since been changed. Uh, I have uh, the Wikipedia uh, article right here. Number one, Isaac, is the movie SwearNet, which I think is the Trailer Park Boys oh, movie. Yeah, not 935 fucks at a rate a rate of 8.35 a minute. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds right. In a, an uh, an hour and twelve, uh, there's the documentary called "Fuck," which I don't think should even count because it's a about fuck. Well, so uh, and this is three through uh, whatever that we have: the Wolf of Wall Street, Uncut Gems, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, Summer of Sam, uh, Casino had four hundred twenty-two. I'm just kind of reading the movies that people would would maybe know. Tarantino has not appeared on this yet. Uh no. That's Which crazy. is crazy. It's probably most N words in a movie. Let's pull that up. <laughs> uh, Martin R- Lawrence Run Tell Dat, 311 fucks. <laughs> Menace to Society, 300. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Goodfellas had 300. Um, I'm trying to see if there's a, The Big Lebowski, 281. Uh, this is a whole Wikipedia article if you want it. Pulp Fiction here is uh, 265. So, Jay and Silent yeah. Bob, 248. So, oh. um, what Good else? Yeah. So Henry Hill was paid roughly $550,000 over half million for Goodfellas. Uh, but according to Hill, that's jump change. He was, uh, when he was a wise guy, he, he made upwards of, uh, from $15,000 to $40,000 a week. However, the massive sums of his glory days hardly left him a rich man. He claimed he blew most of it on my, uh, Mob money, uh, partying and uh, being a degenerate gambler. Can you imagine you made 40 grand and then at the end of the week, you owe somebody 20 grand? No, that's insane. God that's just damn. insane. That's you. You wish there was like a, 
a mob accountant who like they're like this guy is the most made he can't be touched and he's going to make you financially responsible or something well that kind of was meyer lansky i'm sorry my dog is barking i don't know if you hear it he's a um, big joe pesci fan your dog yeah uh meyer lansky did really well but then by the time he died didn't have reportedly didn't have any money left but his thing was he invested in Havana in casinos and when yeah. Castro took over he chased out the mob so all of that money that was tied up saw mm -hmm. no return and he uh. had like put everything he had into it so he just made a bad bet at some point and and it, lost it all but it, that's so much money and one of the things that does bother me about these movies is that there's very few of these guys that are fucking smart like they're just violent yeah and they're there are some guys that are clever and mm -hmm. that, that like puts them ahead. And mm -hmm. there's guys like Meyer Lansky who are like math whizzes. And there are people with like these skills, but the majority of them are dipshit morons. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but I think if you were smart, you wouldn't be doing this crime. You'd be doing white collar crime. That's like the difference between yes. this and Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. You, you're because like that Lufthansa heist, the biggest heist in the movie and kind of the, the one of the climaxes, it's it was only six million dollars. That's that's still a lot of money, yeah. but compared to a guy who just made a forty million dollar deal ripping off old ladies or whatever it was, that's nothing really compared to you know forty million or whatever. Yeah, there's a guy Michael Franzesi who his scam. He was a Jersey guy. They called him the Yuppie Don, mm -hmm. and he did the Superman three office space thing. It was the, oh, the yeah. fractions of pennies on gasoline mm -hmm. was his scam. And he like was making just insane money doing it. And then he like, went to federal pound me in the ass prison. <laughs> like they say on <laughs> office space. I don't know if he did, but yeah, he, he did. But now he like didn't serve very long. He has a podcast and he gives motivational speeches to like sports teams. Doesn't stuff. Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street guy, like, I don't know, give speeches and I'm like, people are probably. like, oh, he, 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 I, he, if you could sell this pin to me, you could sell anything. But I'm like, you've ripped off people like you're a piece of shit. Yeah, it's gross what you've done. Even like John Gotti, one of the most famous gangsters, like John Gotti was just like ruthless and mean. Mm -hmm. But he was a fucking idiot who's like on TV all the time running his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let, what are some other scenes in this movie before we wrap up that you you really think we should talk about? I know I had mentioned to you, like, I didn't remember. It'd been about a decade since I've seen it. I kind of forgot, like, how stylized and, uh, for lack of a better term, artistic some mm -hmm. of the choices are. Like, there's some scenes that I'm sure mean things that I don't understand where, like, the shots kind of are abrupt and they're, they feel out of place. Mm -hmm. Like, after he beats the neighbor and he goes to hand the gun to her, it's like an overhead shot that's empty. Then her hand reaches in before he puts the, the like reaches out with the gun. Yeah. Well, he, she I, even yeah. says in that scene, it was kind of sexy, you know? Yeah. I'm guessing that's to show like her, like she offered her hand before he reached out, like mm -hmm. how she's like now she's in. Yeah. Um, when Pesci's beating bats with the gun, there's like a shot that goes off to the side on the floor where the gun like explodes and slides across the floor. Yeah, it was like a revolver, but then like the barrel fell out or not the barrel, but whatever where you keep the bullets, whatever yeah. that is, you know. Yeah, like just <laughs> some interesting stuff like that. Well, young Henry's talking to his mom about how it's fine to be working for these gangsters and it cuts to a weird shot that's at like a, not from her perspective, but like him staring right at the camera and like just a wide shot of the wall mm -hmm. behind him. Like a lot of things like that. Well, and I, I, I was re-listening uh, yesterday on a bike ride. There's a good movie podcast that's not as good as this, but uh, it's the rewatchables from uh, was it Bill Simmons, that sports writer guy? Okay, yeah. Um, they they did an episode on this and that scene, and when they go through the club, and it's like Johnny two times, and uh, get the papers, get the papers, get the papers, and it's like they were saying this is like a documentary through the eyes of Henry Hill. Of like, mm -hmm. this is how he remembers everything and and walking through the club. So maybe that's the kind of stuff where it's almost. And then you have the thing on the stand where he gets up and is just talking to the camera, which yeah. he hadn't done the whole movie. But he he's done the voiceover stuff. But he's it's not like the whole world continues. But he's like, and that was all over type thing, you know? Yeah. 
there is another really cool shot in the movie where it's showing the Lou from the Simpsons in the meat truck, but yeah. it's like a crane that like comes down and then yeah. goes into the truck. He would play those songs on what we didn't even touch the soundtrack, but on set to so the, the camera guys could get the feel of what oh, he wanted. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, it, what's a Scorsese movie without uh, the Rolling Stones, you know? Yep. Whether it be, you know, Gimme Shelter, you hear that... Uh, whatever that thing is that at the beginning where they're dragging yeah. a piece of wood across the other wood or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Great soundtrack. And man, that's like a lot of, a lot of a movie, a lot of work of a movie is done by a soundtrack and it could make or break something, you know, it really can. And that's why, <laughs> that's why that, uh, that daily wire, the conservative like media mm-hmm. thing that it's doing movies, there, there's this hilarious thread I kept reading about this Western they made with okay. Gina Carano after she got fired from the Mandalorian. Yeah. And like all the comments are like, I wanted to like this, but the acting is so bad. But like, then the repeated thing is like, why isn't there a soundtrack? Because <laughs> probably they can't afford it. Or yeah. Nobody they, they wants want to, to pay give them the movie. Yeah. Give. Yeah. Nobody wants to be associated <laughs> with with the conservative website movie, you know? But like you couldn't even just find like shitty cheap music. Like so you yeah. just like nah, it doesn't need a score. <laughs> well, it's like uh, I have Amazon Prime, but they have Amazon Music on it. Mm-hmm. But I but I pay for Apple Music, and I tried to listen to Amazon Music, and they would be like, "Oh, do you want um, Sunshine of Your Love?" But it won't be who, who was it? Derek and the Dominoes or Cream? I don't remember. But it's not that version. It's another guy singing that song on the Amazon Music version. Oh yeah, it's funny. So it's not even the real version. It's like yeah, it's the song, but it's not the same. You know? Yeah, that's so funny. Like surely you could get like be like hire somebody to be like I want music that kind of feels like that one song, and then they yeah. do a shitty cheap version of it. But just like to be like nah, we don't have any money for a soundtrack <laughs> no um what else we have we have that that scene where uh, henry, henry uh takes the gun to the the neighbor you want some fucko yeah and bam, like what a violent scene yeah and you and i had talked about like the blood i wonder how they rigged up the blood i watched a single shot come up yeah yeah uh, that apparently that scene is like uh, Ray Liotta's mom died during the filming of this movie. He'd go home on the weekends to see her. Damn. And that was like the two days after the funeral, he's back. And I guess that was one of the scenes right after he came back. Oh, and he shit. said like really channeled all his emotion into that scene, which is not, not what you want if you're that guy getting punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, can we run that one more time? No, no, please. <laughs> Um, I, I like the quote, nobody goes to jail unless they want to. He just, he went to jail to get away from his wife. Yeah, that's, (laughs) uh, well, we, we didn't even talk about them cooking in jail. That's, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know a guy anymore that, uh, doesn't slice his, his garlic paper thin with a razor blade. We all do that. Don't we? Sure. Um, and also they're like getting like fresh fish in jail and that's not like that's not when a, a new person walks in and they yell fresh fish i'm talking literally fish and and meat and stuff yeah in the jail always confused me because it like it doesn't look like jail in, in any way that my brain recognizes no that's some jeff epstein type jail <laughs> yeah like, that's not even as good as his jail apparently from what i heard on documentaries but one of my favorite scenes though is they're in like the the big visitation area or whatever you would call it, uh-huh. and the one guy's just getting blown, yeah, in like a room of two hundred people, and the camera pans down two feet on the same table. They're changing a baby, like yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. And then they're like, she's throwing all the contraband at, out, and the guards are just like, why are they yelling? And come on, Henry, okay. like okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's pay, you know, slipping him a twenty in his pocket or whatever. Um, the last 30 minutes is just him pretty much getting chased by helicopters. He's got to stir the sauce, the gravy. Um, any, I know we, there's a lot we didn't talk about and it's like, we could do three hours on this two and a half hour movie. Uh, anything else, Isaac? I like the actor. I don't know his name that plays, uh, his brother in the wheelchair. 
Yeah, it's like he. I looked him up because it's uh he was what on Arrested Development is how I, no not Arrested but Grounded for Life Grounded for Life yeah. yeah and then he was also <laughs> he was on Andrew Dice Clay had like a Curb Your Enthusiasm style show on Showtime a few years back okay and he he played his buddy on there I can see that yeah because there's this is one of those movies again there are 27 actors that are in The Sopranos but this movie in general it's like I know that guy and I know that yeah. guy. And it's like you you might only know him from Goodfellas, but you know him from something, you know? Yeah, I think once you like, especially as like an Italian-American actor, I'm sure that once you were in Goodfellas, every time someone's making mm-hmm. a gangster movie, you're like up for the role. Yeah, it's like one. it's let me I don't want to. I, I'm not going to say I get uh, tons of offers to be in things, Isaac, because that's not true. But yeah, you can almost bet whenever I get offered for something, there's probably going to be a line in there where I'm like, go on, get. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah exactly. And I'm exactly. like, but and, I want to say more. I have more to say. And I mean, the reality of it is, is that like those guys probably don't get offered a lot of other stuff because they're Italian. Yeah, maybe. Well, as and they so should. it's like as ev- they should. No, yeah. these are jokes. These are jokes. Yeah, it's just every time there's a mob movie, it's like, all right, twenty, you know, twenty Italian actors are going to get roles. I'm yeah, sure. It's... I'm sure there's a lot of guys that were in Goodfellas that were also in a Bronx Tale. Yeah, and uh, the, listen to that Sopranos podcast. The the guy Uncle Junior, mm-hmm. uh, they're like looking for a guy to play that character, couldn't find one, and they thought of one of the guys from I think it's Godfather Two. He's mm-hmm. in it. And then they're like, what about that guy? Dominic uh, Kianese or whatever his name yeah. is. But uh, it's uh, yeah, it's like a small world of mm-hmm. of Italian American sure. actors, you know, and even, you know, De Niro is what is is he Italian or Irish or something? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't but, know. Uh, I'm going to confuse it with him playing characters in Scorsese movies that are half Italian. Yeah. Yeah. And that that really bummed me that I'm never going to be I'm going to never going to be a made guy. Yeah, isn't that a thing? You think you would think at some point they would have to open the books up. Yeah, because we're all mutts. That's one yeah. of my favorite quotes in this movie is Pesci goes, You fucking mutt, you or you <laughs> stuttering prick. Like who talks that way? <laughs> stuttering prick, but uh we, we do have to wrap up here, Isaac. Any final thoughts on Goodfellas? Um I don't think so. I like I do enjoy that movie. I was happy to watch it again. Like it was, uh, it was a fun watch. Like it, mm-hmm. it, uh, it, that's a, that's a great movie. I have a hard time watching movies time wise. It did take me two sittings to get it finished. Yeah. Well, like, one, I, because you got distracted yes. trying to flip the DVD over. Yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed the time I spent on it and it was nice to have like a reason to watch them because usually I'll put it off even though I will then, you know, play a video game for three hours solid yeah, on the weekend. stare at your phone or whatever yeah. where it's like i i have no time it's like well if i just stopped looking at my phone or whatever dumb shit i do all the time you know yeah also every movie now is the length of goodfellas it's it's either at 80 90 minutes or goodfellas even yeah. the, the irishman's <laughs> like about four hours yeah and i just i I liked everything about that movie as far as knowing what it was before I watched it. And I was like, I just can't, it's four hours. I can't, yeah. you know, like absolutely. don't make it a chore. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that the Irishman would be like a, at least a four to five day investment for me. Yeah. And like, I'm a guy, I don't have kids and, or a real job and you, you yeah. have both those things and a family and every like people you need to see and places you need to be. Yeah. And even that, I'm thing. like, yeah, yeah. It's you can't watch. You can't watch Joe Pesci. Yeah. Other than home alone. When you, uh, when you your can't, kids are in the room, you don't want to be in one room and hear your daughter be like, you better give me that, uh, that, uh, remote control. You stuttering prick. Yeah. Fucking my- <laughs> funny. How <laughs> we're playing good feathers. <laughs> <laughs> well uh isaac you've been on a bunch of other episodes previously on the program so please uh, uh, you dear listener go check out the other ones if you enjoyed isaac being on the show uh but it's always good to talk to you isaac I, you, know, you have an album out called isaac lanford live at the white rabbit cabaret available wherever you listen to uh albums you run a show called evening with the authors in los angeles and that's also kind of a satellite show in the midwest you'll catch in chicago and indianapolis and louisville uh any other things you want to plug before we get out of here 
Nah, that's all right. I'm at the Yard Theater in LA most of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to Indianapolis. I'm going to do one show in Noblesville in April. I can't remember the date. I think it's April 15th. If okay. that's a Saturday, that's the April 15th. I'll be in Noblesville. All right. At North, that's fancy Indianapolis. Yeah. Uppity. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for being on the show, man. If I could Thank just. you say one more thing is go get your fucking shine box. <laughs> also, I love I get one more thing. It's like, I, I don't know if they told you, I don't shine shoes. No more. As somebody went to jail was like, Hey, Tommy, don't shine shoes. no more. <laughs> but as I said, go get your fucking shine box.